Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Bapo Amplified. Pastor Joe here, and I am excited to be sharing with you uh, the second sermon of our Lent series again and again. Uh, today we draw from Mark 8, where we find uh, Jesus on the road with his disciples, um, and he asks them, who do people say that I am? And they respond, and, and he says, who do you say that I am? And he and Peter go through this back and forth of rebuking, and we find what happens when we define for ourselves uh, Messiah and heaven and the faith and how sometimes we are prone to make Jesus too small, that Jesus is only big enough for our problems. Uh, we are invited into something more. So check out this sermon as we continue on in this sermon series again and again. You know, this week I had the privilege of traveling down to Federal Way, which is about an hour from here in Bothell, to, to meet with colleagues of the Board of Ordained Ministry as they met with candidates for commissioning and ordination in the United Methodist Church. And it, it really is a sacred time to meet with these amazing women and men who have identified God's call for their lives in ordained ministry as clergy who will serve in a variety of different capacities. And the way that our process works is that the candidates, they, they write papers, they do their paperwork, and then they meet with teams, and they share their call story, and then they identify ways that they can continue to grow. And at the end of this week of interviews, they'll, they'll receive a recommendation to either move forward in their process towards ordination, or they'll receive a not yet. And it's really heavy. And I could tell that uh, I was feeling the weight of this uh, process because on the way down, I did something that I don't usually do. I, I drove in silence. Usually when I'm on the road, I'll call people, I'll make some phone calls, I'll, I'll listen to a podcast or an audiobook, or more recently I've been listening to the Encanto soundtrack over and over. But on this trip, I drove in silence. I think I needed that time to prepare my heart, to prepare my mind. I wonder if uh, you've ever experienced that. Maybe uh, before a test or an exam or a doctor's visit, maybe leading up to a difficult conversation. I wonder if you've ever felt the need to be, to sit, to be still. The season that we're in, Lent, the this, this season gives us the opportunity to do just that, to intentionally be in a time of reflection and introspection, to do that hard work of looking inward as we journey with God. It's the 40 days before Easter, not counting Sundays that fall uh, before Easter. We spend that time reflecting on the 40 days that Jesus spent in the wilderness and in his ministry that would come after leading to the cross and to the resurrection, remembering his fasting, remembering those times when temptation was around him, remembering how he drew closer to God and to his community. We, too, use this time to intentionally draw near to God and to each other as we reflect on our own journeys. This year, we uh, decided to use the theme again and again. It's based on the curriculum from A Sanctified Art, and we chose this for a couple of reasons. We're reminded that again and again, suffering and brokenness find us. We doubt again. We lament again. We mess up again. But we also proclaim again and again that God is with us, that God does show up in our lives, that God does journey with us. 
And so in today's scripture, we, we, we find that Jesus is well into his ministry. Last week, we saw that he had uh, his baptism. He had his time in the wilderness. And since then, he's been pretty busy. He's been teaching and preaching and calling his disciples, healing and feeding the thousands. He's finding himself being tested again and again by the Pharisees and the government officials. And after more signs and miracles... Jesus and his disciples are now on their way when he asks them, hey, who do people say that I am? And as we heard in our text this morning, they respond, John the Baptist, and and others say Elijah, and still others, one of the prophets. And then he asks them, but who do you say that I am? We find that Peter responds, you are the Messiah. Have you ever known the answer to a question but not known why? I remember when I was in high school, I I had the opportunity to work at my aunt's uh, summer program. It it was basically like a summer school program in New York for kids to attend while their parents worked. Uh, We had math lessons and vocabulary lessons and science experiments, and, and on Fridays we'd go on field trips to the library or to the zoo. And there was one student, Stephen, who was especially having trouble with his uh, multiplication tables. And so it was my responsibility to uh, work with him during lunch and, and after the programming was done before his parents came to pick him up. And, and y'all, we tried everything. <laughs> Chalkboards and, and whiteboards and, and counting uh, beans and, and even rewarding him with extra snacks and still he wasn't getting it. And so begrudgingly that night, I, I stayed up late and I wrote him out all the flashcards. You know, three times four on one side, and then on the back was 12, or, or seven times nine on one side, 63 on the other, and, and so forth. And, and so the next day, I, I give him the flashcards, and I tell him, hey, go home, practice this over the weekend, and I'll test you again on Monday. When Monday came, Stephen came into uh, the center with this huge smile, and, and he said that he got all of them down. He handed me the flashcards. He sat across from me, and we went through them one by one, and he got them all. I was so excited. I, I got my aunt. She's the director of this whole program. Hey, you got to come check this out. I'm so proud of Stephen. I'm even more proud of myself, but I didn't tell her that. And we started figuring out, hey, he cracked the code. He knows his multiplication, I said with confidence. And she said, let me see. She sat down across from Stephen. She took the flashcards. She shuffled them and then showed him the first. What had happened was that he had memorized the order of all the cards, and rather than knowing and learning the multiplication and how things multiplied, he was memorizing how to memorize the order. See, Jesus asks his disciples, who do you say that I am? And Peter responds, the Messiah, but not three verses later, as Jesus explains to them what it means to be the Messiah, to undergo suffering, to be rejected by the elders and the chief priests and the scribes, to be killed even, as Jesus is explaining to Peter what it means to be the Messiah, that same Peter takes Jesus aside and rebukes him. And this word rebuke, it's not a simple, like, stern talking to, right? 
This word that's translated as rebuke in our version is harsher. It it means that Jesus uh, was censured by Peter. That Peter had forbidden him to continue talking. That Peter had shut Jesus up. And so I wonder what's happening between verse 29 when Peter responds, the Messiah, and his actions in verse 32 when he takes Jesus aside to rebuke him. And I wonder if it's because Peter misunderstood who and what the Messiah was. You see, up until this point, Peter with the others who are called to be apostles, they're appointed to be with Jesus. They go out to proclaim the good news. They're given authority to heal, and they cast out demons. And Peter, he sees these signs. He sees all of these miracles, and he starts to wonder whether this teacher, whether this rabbi, whether this man was the one, in fact, sent by God who would then deliver Israel from Roman rule. And more importantly, was this guy, was this Jesus the one who would bring about a shift in power, a a literal reign of an earthly kingdom under Jesus as ruler, Jesus as savior, Jesus as Messiah. To Peter, Jesus was building a movement that would resist, that would revolt, and that would eventually overthrow. And so when Jesus asks that question again, who do you say that I am? The emphasis is not on Jesus. The emphasis is on the you. Who do you say that I am? In other words, Jesus goes through this progression. He starts with, who do the people say that I am? Who do you say that I am? And subtly, he asks this deeper question, this implied question, Who are you? Who are you? Because the answer to that question, the answer to who are you, reveals your hopes for the world. It reveals your longings. It reveals your expectations. It will reveal who and what this Jesus is to you. For Peter, he was looking for this Messiah that would save the world, that would save his world in the here, in the now. And and he couldn't wrap his mind around a Messiah who would suffer, who would be rejected, who would be killed. For you, who is Jesus? Healer? Comforter? bringer of peace, friend, who are you? Who do you need Jesus to be? Let me say one more thing about how this passage ends. Uh, Because after the rebuking, after Jesus turns and rebukes Peter, Jesus continues and he says, if any of you want to become my followers, let them deny themselves to take up the cross and to follow me. And I I don't think that Jesus is telling his followers to give up their identity. I don't think that Jesus is telling us to deny our true selves. I don't think that Jesus is asking us to give up and let go of our needs. Because I believe that Jesus is big enough to carry all of them. The danger, I think, is when we make Jesus so small so that Jesus can only handle my problems, my needs, my desires. 
That's the danger. I think we're being invited to think about denying oneself as the denying of the desire to remain by oneself. It's the invitation to do life in community. It's the invitation to journey alongside one another. Dr. Caroline Lewis, she describes it this way. She says, we deny a life that is autonomous, secured, enclosed, safe, and alone for a life that does propel us into relationship with God and with a future realized by abounding relationship. And she continues, Jesus' charge is not a demand to deny your true self. It's an invitation to imagine that yourself needs the other desperately, intimately, because this is what to be human is all about, intimacy, belonging, relationship, attention, We can't be ourselves on our own. And if we do, if we try to, it's a self-absorbed existence. It is to become narcissistic in its truest form where those around you are only pawns to placate your self-perceived power and importance. There's this uh, proverb that's rooted from uh, African cultures. It's untraceable in origin, but, but it goes something like this. If you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. I wonder if during this season, I wonder if in Lent we're being invited and called into relationship to be connected to Christ and to community. Remember that the journey is long, that the journey is hard, that the journey may bring you down, but we do not journey alone. We journey with God, who reminds us again and again of God's preferred future, of God's promise to journey with us, and we journey with each other, remembering again and again that we go together. That's my hope, that our lives would reflect the hope of that day, that preferred future, that we may not just be passive receivers of that kingdom, but that we might be active agents of transformation, that we might unite all of our hopes and all of our dreams, and we might unite all of our lives and all of our desires so that the kingdom of God of love of belonging, of inclusiveness, that that kingdom might prevail on earth as it is in heaven. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. God, we give you thanks for this time together, for an opportunity to be gathered in person and online, building this community that is still at work. And we pray that you would continue to work in our lives, that you would work in our hearts, that you would invite us to be open to the ways you are drawing us closer to you and to one another. Remind us that this journey is not on our own, but that we are called to be in community with one another. And so inspire us to be your people. It is in Christ's holy name that we pray. Amen. All right, so that was our second sermon of this Lent series again and again. You know, we are inviting folks to really take some time this week to reflect on who Jesus is uh, for them in their lives. I would invite you to do the same, uh, to take some time to get away from uh, technology, to get away from the noise, and to see who Jesus is for you. 
and then to see how you too are invited into community. Uh, stick around next week. We'll uh, continue the sermon again, series again and again, and we will see you then. Thank you.